millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. I hope you guys are well on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendez. Joining me on this week's show as we look back at the games over Easter and ahead to Saturday's trip up to Portman Road to take on Ipswich Town. First up, Mr. Lewis Cat. Hey, Dan Lou. Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Just about recovered from a, a pretty heavy weekend in, in Bristol. Uh, I, I, if I'm being totally honest, the absolutely last thing I needed on Monday was another game of football to work. But there we go. At least we won it. Uh, and also joining us to look back at those two games and a head to switch uh, is Tash Everett. How are you doing, Tash? Hey, Louis. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. All good. So pleased we won on, on Monday. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that made up for a uh, uh, a disappointing result at Bristol Rovers on Friday. So as I said on on the, this week's big match, people, we'll look back at those uh, two games. Uh, in a few moments' time, we'll be looking ahead to the Ipswich game. We've got a uh, a chap joining us from the uh, Talking Town podcast. Matt Phillips will be joining us later on to tell us a little bit about the uh, Tractor Boys. We're also going to be joined uh, a special uh, live this evening by the manager of the women's team, Karen Hills. Uh, obviously got a bit jealous when she saw Dean Holden live on Charlton Live last week and she wanted a bit of the action. So Karen's going to join us uh, later on for about 10 minutes to discuss uh, how the women's team season has gone. Uh, look ahead to their clash at the Valley uh, on uh, Sunday. So, as I mentioned, uh, or oh, I should say hello to everyone in the live chat as well, joining us live uh, on YouTube, our first show in a week. Uh, anyone who hasn't seen last week's interview with Dean Holden, make sure after you watch this one uh, that you go back and check that out. It's our most watched video ever. It really was a, a good interview from Dean. Uh, we really enjoyed his company, so make sure you check that one uh, out. But this is our first show since then, so welcome back to everyone. Dan Bro saying, Charlton Live, finally back. Yeah, it feels like uh, exactly seven days since we've been on because uh, it has been. Uh, but there's been lots of football in that time. So let's have a look back at the two games that have happened. I've got a little bit of a remix of uh, the goals that have happened uh, over the last week for us to enjoy right now. Oh, got going for the return into the penalty area. Well, I'm disappointed, obviously, for our winning runs come to an end. I think a draw was probably a fair result. I think Ash has had one big save to make in the first half. Other than that, he's not had a lot to do. I think you know, we've not had loads of chances, not as many as we would have liked. Uh, considering the amount of times we've got in the final third, but you know, we've had guilt edge chances, haven't we? I think Ryan's header 
from the six-yard box. I think Miles is one at the end, knocked down, cleared off the line. Um, Daniel Carnu's got in on goal, and Corley Bond on the six-yard line. So we, we've had moments we've just not been able to stick it, stick it in the net, and we've just not been as clinical today as we've been. Inside, Raksaki on the run, still with edge of the parents here. Raksaki cuts back, right foot, Raksaki! Absolutely delightful from Jason Raksaki. He had everyone fooled when he got onto his left foot. Cut back onto his right, and he's delivered another wonderful goal for Chomp. Chomp got the free kick at Fraser takes, and he's on a run here. Fraser pokes it forward towards Raksaki. Can he get there for Chomp? Yes, he can. Brilliant run from Fraser. Pokes it forward to Raksaki, and everything he touches at the moment just seems to. Quick to goals for Joel. Robert Moon sends it into the box. Maynard Brewer comes for it, drops it, and there's an open goal, which Hughes exploits, and the Addicts have lost a goal just before half-time. Maynard Brewer came calling for it. Well, he came for it. How much calling? Only he will know. The ball launched into the box, hopefully. Maynard Brewer came for it. It looked like he combined with Hector. Have to see that again to be sure. And the Addicts have allowed Burton back in this game. Campbell trying to take on Helm, does so to the outside, ball across, and it might run one way, and it does! And he slides it in, just like the last goal at the Valley, where it quite a little bit fortuitously ran into his path, but he made the most of it, and he's done exactly the same thing here as the cross from Campbell was cut out, but it fell to a Bond who was falling backwards, but he got enough on it to poke it past Miguel Avery for Charles now with his left foot prepares to take, swings it towards the far post, Hughes is unmarked, heads back across and his head of goalwards, it's off the line by Henry, the goal has been given. Again, I've no idea why the assistant referee on the far side doesn't wave that in. It looked over the line from here, and I've got a horrible angle, and it looked like it was scooped from behind the line. Why is he not signalling? There's so much to like about our performance. I think we, we started the game really well. I think we've had Tyrese Campbell's chance uh, early on, then we've, we've scored, obviously, Jez. I find myself saying this every week. His first goal was outstanding. He's, he's come inside, he's chopped. I think he's took two of them right out of the game. And, and what a wonderful finish just to pass it into the corner. And second goal, Scotty Fraser, great. He's, he's travelled up the pitch and Jez has run beyond him. It's, from, I'm going from memory, I've not seen it back, but I think it's a lovely little pass just into Jez's path, and again, he's, he's rocked the defender and another good finish. And other chances, haven't we? Jez could have got his hat-trick in the first half, couldn't he? I think if he, if he chooses to head that one at the back post instead of chesting it down, he's in the right position, to be fair. It's something he wasn't doing earlier in the season, so he could have come in maybe three or four and a look without sounding too arrogant, I think. There we go. That was uh, all of our action from the last few days. The Addicts uh, losing 1-0 on Good Friday over at Bristol Rovers, but then making up for it with a 3-2 home win against Burton Albion at the Valley on Easter Monday. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us would like to draw a line under that Bristol Rovers game as soon as possible, especially the likes of Tom Wallin, who uh, uh, his entire enjoyment of the game was getting on a coach, getting as far as the M25 and then turning around. It was a disastrous day for anyone on the supporters coaches Lewis but I mean before we focus more on the Burton game which was obviously the more recent one we, we have to sort of 
understand that the reason we are where we are in in League One is because we do we are more than capable of having games like we did against um, against Bristol Rovers, and that was a frustrating one where we didn't offer a great deal until sort of the closing stages. Yeah, I mean to be honest, the, the game as a whole was probably. I think Tom would probably be juggling up what was more painful to watch, the game or standing on the side of the motorway on the coach. But uh, it was one of those games, wasn't it? A cagey affair. Um, it was going to take a little match-winning moment like a penalty to to see the three points through. And I think it was just that Bristol Rovers on the day were probably that slightly bit better than us. And it's just those small inconsistencies, which, you know, coming off the back of that 6-0 is, is obviously disappointing. But... You know, away from home, I think you know Bristol Rovers at the at the Memorial Ground are always quite. A, you know, it's a difficult place to go. It's quite a hostile crowd, and it can be one of those games where we, we go there and we, I've never really seen us perform there, to be honest. Apart from years ago when we when we beat them quite heavily, um, it's it's just one of those a bit of a banana skin, I suppose. But they've had a, probably a very similar season to us in terms that they've had spells where they've looked like they might mount a challenge, and then spells where they've been hurtling down the table. So. It's just one of those games where we we lost on one moment and it was a penalty, um, probably quite quite harsh um, on Dobbo. Almost it was a handball, but it's you know the hands by his side, it, it hits him. It's more ball to hand than anything, but it, it's one of those. One day you get given it, one day you don't. So I, I wasn't too cut up about losing that game, especially just by that narrow margin. What was more important is that we went into the game on Monday and, and bounced back with a victory, um, albeit a close one going on the scoreline, but most importantly, it was still three points, which that's that's a big thing to, to bounce back straight away. Mm, yeah, Sam in the chat said it was a much improved game uh, on Monday when compared to Bristol Rovers, as I felt uh, we lacked anything going forward on the Friday. I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. Hopefully we can continue our run again. Yeah, it's... It was a it was a blip in terms of the, the little run we're on at the moment, Tash. But as, as I said, over the course of a season, that's sort of the side we are. You know, we, we have our ups and downs. It's unusual to see it fluctuate that much in one weekend. Um, but yeah, that, that Bristol Rovers performance is sort, is sort of what we are capable of, unfortunately. Yeah, 100%. I think I, think I said to my mum, like, the Shrewsbury result and then the Bristol Rovers result, those two results sum up our season. <laughs> Just right there, like, we can be... We could look pretty impressive, and in the next game, we offer nothing at all. Um, speaking to Bristol Rovers fans about the performance, and they said the same thing. You know, like they didn't offer anything really up front. Like they weren't too much for threat. Um, obviously, they were better than us, but um, yeah, as you say, it just took that one mistake, and they capitalised on it, and we didn't. So yeah, but as you said, it was good to bounce back on on Monday. But it definitely sums up our inconsistency, which has obviously been the key problem. Season, yeah, certainly has, and, and and there's been way too much of it this season. But other than that, I mean, and this is another weird frustration I have at the moment. I, I find everything frustrates me in different measures when it comes to Charlton. But we're we're on an all right run now, Lewis. So I was working out some numbers the other day. So I think that that defeat at Bristol Rovers was probably our only in, only one in the last six, I think. Um, so I, I thought oh, ending the season quite nicely, but we're we're getting sucked into that weird little pattern that we have ended the last few seasons in. So Jacko won six of his last ten games. Nigel Atkins won five of his last ten games. What we're really really good at these days these days is laying the groundwork. But then unfortunately, when you get to the next season, you, you dig out the pavement and there's all sorts of dead bodies underneath there. It's like um. We can do this bit of the season quite well when it doesn't matter anymore because we've already blown it, and and that is we have to make sure it's different in this summer. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff that has to go on behind the scenes for that for that to be the case this year. 
Yeah, it's it's a really good point, isn't it? Because it's become such a common theme. You can think through many different reasons as to why, whether some players start to up their game because they are uncertain of where their future is going to be next season. They're trying to earn that contract at Charlton or try and sort of highlight themselves to, to potential suitors in the summer for, for a new club. Um, and also, it's whether it's a pressure thing, you know, whether we as a football club don't have many strong characters in the dressing room that can deal with the pressure and the expectation of Charlton being a club that should be pushing for top six season after season, especially at this level. We... I don't know if it's if it's an expectation thing, and when when it doesn't go right, obviously things can turn quite sour quickly. But for me, I think the theme of it would have to be what I said first around players. I think you are sort of putting yourself in the shop window, not just to to Dean, but also to to other clubs. Um, if your future is uncertain, so whether that plays a big part in it, I don't know. It's obviously something we need to stamp out, and it and it is a mentality thing where. You know, you've got to focus on the job here and now. Yeah, the season is dead and, and ending it strongly maybe does sort of bring the morale up going into pre-season. And if clubs, uh, you know, if we're looking at players in the summer that, that want to move to Charlton, how do you sell the football club to them? You want to end strongly with, with a fan base probably exciting for next season with a positive feel around the place, which can obviously be a bit difficult with what's going on off the off the field. Um it, I think as it's, it's pros and cons, really, I, I know what you mean, the frustration of that that sort of forced sense of hope because you you end a season strongly. I remember under Nigel Atkins, I felt like we were going to go up as champions a year afterwards because he just spoke so positively and it couldn't have gone any worse. And then with Jacko last season, you're thinking, oh, he's going to get a window to bring in who he wants in the summer. We're going to get behind him. He's a Charlton man. We've got a history of it going well under a Charlton man. And he goes 24 hours after we have a chat with him at the, at the Player of the Year do. And then obviously this season has been what it has been. I feel Dean's brought a real positive mindset and mentality around the the football club. You only have to listen to last week's show to see how much he's invested into the into the football club since he's come in, um, and we're sort of riding that wave again, aren't we? Where we're we're in between. Yes, there's frustration off the field, but we're ending the season strongly with some with some promising players, um, a manager that people are enjoying having at the football club, um, and mentally preparing ourselves for heartbreak again. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of comments along these lines. Uh, Graham C says Macaulay Bond goal machine. I mean, it's, it's talking about oh, you know how how we only look good towards the end. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the season, and if he continues to repeat what he's done in the last two home games, to score goals, because we know Mac is like very much a confidence player. If he does that a few more times, will his first six or seven or eight or nine appearances be? completely forgotten and we'll be we're going out with a pen and a blank piece of paper saying right whatever you want down here i mean that will, will is he trying to play his way in, into contention and has he convinced you tash because he scored two in the last two I've, I, i'm still i'm still not quite convinced just yet i might say this and at the end of the season i'd be like the rio ferdinand clip where he's like get the contract <laughs> on the table that might be me but um no it's a hard one because I was sceptical about Macaulay Bond coming back. I think that's fair to say. But I think I said it last time I was on the pod, actually. Like, if he came close to scoring on his second debut for us, um, and if he'd have done that, whether that would have got the monkey off his back and the confidence kind of would have flowed and, you know, he wouldn't have had so much pressure on him and we wouldn't be sat here having this conversation. But <laughs> obviously, we don't know that. I'm going to go off what since he scored. But, 
yeah, knowing him, he probably will go on a scoring run now and then we'll actually have to be left question ourselves at the end of the season. Well, at least I'd like to think so anyway. It'd be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, fingers crossed. But I think, you know, in terms of strikers, a massive thing for us, obviously, in the summer is hoping keeping hold of Miles Lieburn. So whatever happens, he's he's probably the focus, isn't he? But yeah, I don't know. We'll see how much it gets on. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, like I say, he's just started doing it at the right time to maybe give Dean a decision to make if he continues it between now and the end of the season. But I think, you know, like I say, I'm not overly convinced yet. All hell let loose says uh, no uh, when it when it comes to Bond. I mean, put it in the chat. If, if you started to have your, your head turned uh, by McCauley Bond in the same way, obviously, <laughs> that was it. I didn't even do that on purpose, but obviously he had his head turned when he went to QPR. But uh, Joe says uh, on Bond, the answer to patchy form isn't patchy players, in my opinion. And yeah, I, I don't think the people who are the decision makers should be kept getting carried away just yet uh, after two goals. I mean, another question uh, was asked earlier on, um, uh, I'll try and find it in the chat, but someone was asking about the likes of our, our two best players uh, on Saturday. Here it is. Matthew says, uh, Burton, uh, Hector and Campbell, uh, that was on Monday. Hope they get new contracts soon. Yeah, um, I mean, we've spoken about Hector already and he's getting, getting better every week, really. But I mean, Tyrese Campbell, I, I think he's almost going underrated by how well he's doing. Um, because we've got Jez on the other side, who's pretty much the finished product, obviously pretty similar ages, but you know, Jez has, has got that Chelsea experience behind him. But you know, Tyrese is, is coming into the first team, got another assist on on Saturday for that, that goal for, for Macaulay Bond. I mean, I, I think he's been fantastic the last few weeks. It was notable that when we didn't play well at Bristol Rovers, it was when they kept him and Jez quiet. And the only spell we had before like the real closing stages was the start of the second half, where Tyrese was the man who was making things happen, got into the, the box two or three times to the byline, put crosses in. I think I, I think he's gone criminally underrated with what he's done over the last few weeks. 100%. I totally agree with you. He's, he's really impressed me since he's come in. Um, I think he's benefiting from playing with a player like Jez and training with a player like Jez as well, um, like you say, with that sort of Premier League experience. Um, he's He looks dangerous. Every time he goes forward, he looks dangerous. He got his goal against Barnsley earlier on in the season. That was that was a great finish, and he's just got that that pace and and direct play about him that leaves defenders on the back foot all the time. And his end product is is improving as well. Um, I think he puts a decent a decent cross into the box, which is something we've always struggled with a lot of the time. Um, and he's a very exciting young player to have at the football club. And obviously, one of our the biggest things that's going to be a bit of a nightmare in the summer is the fact that we're going to lose Raksaki. Um, but we can take some sort of comfort in, you know, the fact that we have got Tyrese Campbell there, um, who's developed at the perfect time later in the season. Uh, we've obviously got Corey tied down to another another deal as well. You know, get him fit with Tyrese, and that's that's two positions there with with fairly strong players going into a, going into next season. That I think you know would fit into a, a promotion challenging side if if Tyrese gets a bit more experience under his belt next season, then you know he could be a hell of a player. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's come on at the right time, and I've been really impressed with him so far. And you know, hopefully, he continues to impress for the remainder of the season as well. Mm, yeah, Chris Reader says if we make a statement and sign someone like Alfie May, then Bond uh, can can go. Andrew's pointing out that when uh, Campbell was hurt on Monday, uh, Jez Raksaki was the one to stay who stayed to make sure uh, that he was okay. Yeah, we we understand they're they're quite good mates as well. Dean was telling us. Uh, last week, Malcolm on Twitter said it's a bit late players playing for a contract next season when they couldn't play for the club shirt season long. A complete rebuild 
is uh, needed. I did put that in my, in my takeaways on the SLP website the other day. Like, uh, you really hope the decision makers will look at the season and not the last three or four weeks where we've had quite a good time of it. Well, good, good email from Phil uh, as well. I said, uh, says, uh, I found this season so frustrating in a number of ways. Uh, the football hasn't made a lot of sense to me. Against Shrewsbury, we played it forward quickly with purpose, found our forwards and midfielders. Uh, who did what expect, was expected and we scored six. We went to Bristol Rovers and reverted to allowing our defence to be pressed deeper and deeper uh, with the players refusing to make any attempt to get the ball forward. Result, we got pressurised into mistakes. We conceded an unquestionable penalty and lose to an average team. Uh, onto the Burton game, we had a mix of the two. We played the ball forward, we tore them apart, but then we go to the back foot, started playing in and around our box and concede two unnecessary goals. Uh, when will the players realise that the only way we play positive attacking football uh, is is when we look capable of getting in the top six uh, in this league, despite the injuries uh, not meriting such a high position when we try and play it around the back. Uh, like Man City says, uh, out of interest, I'd love to know how many of the 53 goals conceded to date have been the result of defensive errors, mistakes, or this total crash stupidity. Uh, I'm sure it would be at least half of the total. In closing, a simple message to the players, play positive attack in football and the results will be much more profitable. And Phil adds that he really enjoyed last week's uh, interview with Dean Holden. Yeah, I'm it's interesting because there have been two very distinct styles of play sort of overall this season in terms of Garner ball to Garner ball, that's a phrase we haven't heard for a while, to uh, to now under Dean where we don't dilly-dally around the back as much. Um, and it's clear we, we weren't good enough to do that. You know, the, the points per game suggest that as well. You know, I think since Dean's come on, um, our, our points per game has gone up to an extent that if he'd been there all season, we'd, we'd be on seven or eight more points. We'd still not really be in the playoff race, but we'd be a bit closer. Um, but yeah, it, it's clear that the experiment in the summer that the, the Sand Guards decided to try and get us playing a certain type of football. And I remember asking Thomas Sandgard this on Radio London at Dartford in pre-season. Are you sure this is the style of football to get Charlton out, out of the League One? Well, it very nearly was, just, just in the wrong direction. Tash. <laughs> yeah, definitely, unfortunately for us. Yeah, it's Ghana ball always had its cost, didn't it? We scored a lot of goals, but then obviously very leaky at the back. I mean, with the greatest respect, you've seen play, um, teams in the Premier League make horror errors by playing that system. So to think that that's always going to run in, in League One, and again, I mean, this with the biggest of respects with players that we haven't spent a lot of money on or don't necessarily have a lot of league experience or you know trusting them to play that system is always going to be a little bit of a gamble um so yeah I think under Dean Holden I definitely think the system works a lot better and it gives me like less grey hairs basically because <laughs> a lot of times <laughs> in our performances at the start of the season it was, it was a hairy moment many hairy moments yeah, certainly was like a bloody barbershop floor trying to watch the uh, Charlton uh, play around at the back. Right, one player who has impressed us, uh, of course, over the course of the season has been nominated as well for, was it the Young League One Player of the Year as well, Jezrak Saki, uh, on loan twice removed from Chelsea, where he was uh, once a youth player. He's since left that club and, and uh, ended up at Charlton somehow. No one remembers how he got here. Um, but yeah, Terry asked, uh, asked Dean earlier on today uh, about Jez. Uh, and just threw in a little, a, a little, uh, a little question about if there is a chance we might have him next season. Ask a question there that you might not be able to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, I mentioned feel good factors, and one of the one of the principal ones this season has been the introduction of quite a few of the youngsters into the squad. And uh, obviously, everybody talks about Miles and Lucas, but there's been a number coming through Torres as well. But um, one of the key players, obviously for us, has been uh, Jezrak Saki on loan. Um, he's been outstanding during during the spell. 
In a perfect world, we'd love to secure him uh, for another season and maybe beyond even that. But uh, is that a conversation that you can have now or you've got to wait uh, um, to, for a decision from our neighbours from Surrey? Um, is kidnapping an option? <laughs> I thought we were going to get through a press conference without talking about, about Jess. Um, we've got good relationships with, with Crystal Palace. That was the reason that we, that we managed to get him in the first place. Steve Gallen has got a good relationship with Mark Bright and Dougie Friedman there. And, and we've continued with that. I spoke to... Mark in recent weeks, um, spoke to him again yesterday morning and there's, a, there's an under-21s game, they're playing West Ham on Monday, hopefully I'm going to be able to get to and it's about building relationships, not just around Jazz, about all the good youngsters in, in, in this area and it's a, it's a market we have to look to, you know, we've got our own youngsters as you said there but we have to be open to that to that loan market as well so yeah for me certainly as the season now starts to end in terms of our League One season in the next few weeks, the Premier League season continues for two or three weeks longer so It'll be a chunk of time spent, not just with Crystal Palace, as you've just touched on, but with the other clubs in the area, building relationships. It's a part of the country that I'm not used to living in. So, you know, if I was back up north now, I've got a, you know, Midlands and, and even down in Bristol, I've got quite a good number of contacts. But certainly down here, uh, I'm looking to make some new friends, I suppose. Um, yeah, for, for loads of different reasons, not just for, for young players coming in, but yeah, for loads of different reasons as a club, we can, we can learn and develop from, from some of them around us. So... Um, that's a really long-winded answer. Sitting on the fence, we'd love to keep Jez next season. Of course, we would. But he's a fantastic young player. Let's let's see let's see how it pans out. Yeah, and how it pans out, I suspect Lewis will not be with Jez being at Charlton next season. And John saying in the chat, it'd be remarkable if we retained him. Pretty sure we'll be playing Championship next season. Very hard uh, to replace. I, I spoke to him on on uh, Monday after he, after his brace as well. And you know, he's um he, he's taken a lot from this season, part, part of the game as well, which I didn't even think about, is he, he reckons he's, he's improved his physicality, this, so he reckons he's bulked up a bit uh, in the gym, obviously coming from, from that soft lot over at Palace, they, they're obviously not hard, hard like we are at Cholton apparently um, but yeah, I mean he, he spoke about wanting to play at the, the top level at some point in his career and I think surely the next stage, and I'd love, I'd love for it to be with us next season, but surely the next stage is, is the championship for him ne- next year yeah, look, I'm resigned to the fact that we're gonna we're gonna be without him next season. Of course, it would be it would be outstanding if we could keep him because he's he's just been incredible, isn't he? He's he's very good to watch. Um, I mean, you've seen it the last couple of weeks. I saw a tweet this week that just summed his spell up perfectly for me. It was like when when you see Jez Raksaki score a goal and his teammates are just standing around laughing and like hands on their heads. You're thinking. Like that's some, you know, he's a talent. He's a real talent, and you know, I'm very envious of the people that that own him because he's a he's a fantastic young talent, a really really good player, very likable person who's who's taken to to Charlton uh, very much, hasn't he? You know, he's he's popular with the fans, and and you see him sort of buying into things, and he's formed as, as we said earlier friendships with with some of the players. Um, he's settled settled really well, and and some of the other Premier League loans we've had of recent times have, have gone nowhere near as successfully as Jez. You know, last season was a, was a car crash with, with what happened, but to bring him in and to have such an effect personally for him as well in his, in his first professional loan to, to get the returns he has in terms of goals and assists and, and play the way he has and get his name out there the way he has in a side that has, you know, blatantly underachieved has, is a real, is a real credit to him. And, you know, I, as I say, I highly doubt he'll be here next year. I'll keep everything crossed that he is. Um, 
but wherever he goes, I'm sure he's going to thrive and have a fantastic career. He reminds me a lot of, of, of Bakayo Saka in the way he plays, which is a, a very good compliment at the moment. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I hope he stays. I, I highly doubt that that's going to happen. But wherever he goes, he'll, he'll do really well. And, and I wish him all the best, unless it's with the mm. noisy neighbours. Yeah, I mean, like we say, the chance, all the, the jokes we've been enjoying, enjoying about Palace probably being in the Championship next season, that's sort of gone down the pan now as well. So we can't even say that. But yeah, there's no way he's going to be in League One next season. I guess one thing we can try and take from it is, again, we, we can go out to these Premier League clubs who, you know, who we've said, look what we did with Christian Bielik, look what we did with Conor Gallagher, and now say, look what we've done with Jezrak Saki. And that, and that hopefully, Tash, will be a draw for, for some of those bigger clubs that, that Dean's going around the next few weeks trying to become friends with. Yeah, absolutely. And like Josh Collins brings to mind as well. I mean, look at him now, you know, with Burnley. Now he's come up into the Premier League whilst West Ham might be going down. So, <laughs> no, I wish. Um, but yeah, no, 100%. Obviously, Steve Gallen proved that, like, during when Lee Bowyer was here, that he, he also has those connections um, with the Premier League clubs and getting those young talents online. And, you know, as you said, I think we've got quite a, well, a very impressive track record of improving youngsters. Um, and I think, you know, it goes hand in hand with our own youngsters coming through the academy. We know exactly how how to nurture them and, and turn them into great players. So, yeah, hopefully, I mean, as Lewis said, I would I would love Ratsaki to come back next season. But unfortunately, I don't think that lot will, uh, will let us have him for too much longer. Yeah, and obviously, what happens in in the summer is uh, is, is going to be interesting. Oh, Chris has just brought it up here on the, on the chat. Says so the bigger picture uh, is the finance. The club is losing money hand uh, money hand over fist. The likes of Spiegel that uh, haven't got the funds to take us further. I'd be very surprised if we were uh, able to release uh, six or more and replace them uh, with the quality uh, that is uh, needed uh, to progress. I mean, there, there was a comment right at the top as well, Mister Curly Worthy, which is a great name. Says if we finish a tenth this season, it would have been our best season in three years, which is the saddest thing I've ever said about this club. Yeah, and we are still sort of uh, lying around in, in mid-table. And as uh, as everyone's uh, known now for a little while, if we if we go to four seasons in a row, which we will be in League One, that's the most we've spent in this division since the twenties, which is. Um, a sad indictment of where we are. Right, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from the uh, Charlton Athletic women's team manager, Karen Hills, uh, who has just joined us in our weight room. So we'll see you in 30 seconds or so. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! 
Right, welcome to Charlton Live. I uh, hope you guys are all well. Uh, Lewis has just pointed out that we, uh, we we did finish seventh in um, about two seasons ago. So, so it'll only be two seasons since we finished higher, but that's um, that's not the end of the world. You know, it's still it's you know where, where we are currently in League One is obviously uh, not what we plan to do. But let, let's focus on something a little bit more positive for a while, shall we? Because uh, there are uh, one one club, uh, one team representing the club who have done quite well this season. So, uh, welcome to Charlton Live, the uh, the manager of Charlton Athletic Women, uh, Karen Hills. Karen, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good indeed. Um, I was delighted uh, when uh, when uh, you asked to come on the show this week. Obviously, you saw that Dean Holden uh, got got the glory of being on Charlton Live, and you didn't want to miss out yourself. <laughs> um, it's been Absolutely. obviously it's important with. Uh, uh, the game at the Valley coming up this weekend for for the women's team, yet another one as well. But um, you know, sitting sitting in the top in the top four, um, I, I guess eight eight points off 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 the promotion place now. It's probably a bit of a stretch for the rest of this season, but you know, an improvement on last year and and, and overall a successful season. I imagine you've been quite pleased with how this year has gone for the women's team. Yeah, really pleased. I think um, obviously second season in um, under. Obviously, the the banner of the club fully integrated. Um, second season and being full time with a full time team, um, finishing last season in fifth. Um, obviously, this season we're we're in a fantastic position in in fourth at this moment in time with three games to go. Um, the league this season has has just expanded so much in terms of quality um and i think from where it was last year to where it is this year the teams are are so much better so much the players are there's a lot more full-time teams um a lot of players sort of coming out of the wsl that are now sort of coming into the championship which is making the league stronger teams um that are putting more resources into into the women's game um which is obviously helping the the league grow and i think it's been a really exciting season um just in terms of like that if you look at the games everyone's winning losing there's no sort of pattern to it there's no team that's run away with with the title this season and i think that's only good for the for the league because it gives everyone an opportunity especially when there's only one place up for grabs um so, yes, I think if you ask me if it, all it was was about finishing higher than what we did last year, um, making sure we've got a backroom staff that are um, fit for purpose, which has been uh, the case this season. I think we've been we've got a really strong uh, workforce behind us. I think we've um, been able to draw on some of the under-21 players that have been able to come in and, and, and train and obviously make debuts for us this season which I think is really important it goes along with the club's philosophy of, of obviously helping and, and recruiting players from within and I think we've shown that um, like last night Mary Bashford goes and plays in the under 21s and, and scores the an absolute cracking goal to to make to go on and, and win that so that was a, a great success for the under 21s this this season winning the cup against a, a tier three side so lots of good development work going on behind the scenes the players that we've had in this season, I think, have been exceptional. 
um, and definitely a higher caliber of player than potentially what we had last year, which is which is good, mm. um, which is what we want to see. We want to see progression, um, but at the same time, we want to take it one step at a time. And if you look at the WSL, the league at the moment is so so strong, um, and I think any team that's going to go up is is going to find it challenging, um, and rightly so because it's it's the top league in in women's in women's football in this country. And so where we are, I think it. it it's um, about right. I think if we we want to do what we did, um, and at the end of the day, I think there was opportunities this season where we could have actually, I think we missed some opportunities to to win games in in small margins um, that could have definitely pushed push us into that top sort of two and push us over the line at the end of the season. We've obviously lost some key players through some ACL injuries this year, so which has been a big factor of of the squad really having to come together and us having to draw on younger players. But the younger players have come in and, and I've got the belief in them to, to give them the chance and that's all they need. They need to feel valued. They need to come into the into the team um, and, and express themselves. And I've been able to do that. Um, but obviously with the detriment of, of losing some key big players that um, unfortunately have been out for most of the season. But obviously on a good trajectory to come back. So... Yeah, if we can finish above fifth, then I think that's a successful season for us, and also some debuts from our from our twenty ones. So that's also progression. Mm, yeah, finishing above Palace as well is obviously something that all Charlton fans would like to see, and I think that's our last game of the season, if I remember rightly. So that could be quite a good fixture. I mean, looking ahead to this Sunday at the Valley against Durham, and it was uh, they we played them at the Valley last season as well, and I think on the last day, and that was um, that was a really good day with a, with a two one win in front of a. A decent crowd. I mean, how much would it mean to you to see a good number of addicts down there at the Valley this Sunday at midday? Yeah, of course. I, I obviously want to encourage as many uh, fans to come down. I think the weather's starting to turn a little bit better now, so hopefully that will encourage a few more. Obviously, it's a lunchtime kickoff, um, but for me, Durham's a good side. Um, it's going to be an, an exciting game. It can go any way. It just comes down to the team that's on form on, on that day who's going to give the best account of themselves. But we've got a fantastic record when we play at the Valley. I think the players thrive in on those big occasions and, and they've had a few big occasions this season and some of the players have been able to draw on those experiences. So set, going on to a big arena doesn't, doesn't phase us anymore. And I think, in, in fact, it actually it, um, it, it helps us uh, the pitch is obviously a good size. Um, and, and like I said, if we have a good crowd, we're obviously trying to hit the 1,000 mark as we have been all season. I think that's the magic number for us this season. Um, and if we can get anywhere near that, then I think the players deserve to play in front of, of big crowds because the football we've been playing is is, is exciting football. Um, and these, these players deserve to, to play in front of, of big crowds. And I think that extra support really does help i think we're going i've just looked on we're going to play bristol um the following week and we're playing at their place and they've sold four thousand tickets so that's going to be an, an amazing experience and an atmosphere for these players and and rightly so because that's the those are the sort of stages you want to want them to play in now hi karen yeah just to touch on that i guess like I think if you guys played more games at the Valley this season than you did last season. So I remember you played Durham towards the end of last season. Um, but so of the, I know that like other clubs across the league, so in the WSL and Championship, especially if they're 
men's team is then in the Premier League or in the Championship League One. Um, they have the impressive stadiums, like you said, that really benefits them to play in. Have Charlton kind of made it clear to you guys that they definitely want you to play even more games at the Valley, um, like even upping it on the, the numbers that you've had this season? I don't know how many how many you've played. I know you've definitely had one so far. But, yeah, has that been something that the, the club have communicated to you guys? Because I know like West Ham women, for example, weren't very pleased recently that, you know, the under-21s have played at their ground, but they won't allow the women's team, the women's team to not play there for like six years or something silly. So, yeah, has, is that something that you're hoping to see more? Well, I can, I can read that. Uh, we play, I, when I was managing at Spurs, we actually played at, at that stadium and, and beat West Ham 2-1 at the new stadium. So that was only a couple go. of seasons ago and that was in front mm. of 25,000. So that was a good day for, for me anyway. But no, back to your question in terms of um, the, the club and their support around us playing. Um, I think they've been very supportive this year and, and we set out at the start of the season the, the, the sort of, if, how many games can we actually get on um, that would work around the men's uh, fixtures mm. and twenty ones as well, and and we've been able to to play. We was going to play five, but then obviously the game we was meant to play Blackburn, but the game was meant to be on the Sunday. We and then I think the the men's team were playing. I think it was Portsmouth on the Monday night on Sky, and and obviously the turnaround would have been just too much. So we we. Um, we didn't play them, but we've got obviously the last two games now. We played Southampton there, um, and so that was a good game a couple of months ago. And then we've got Durham and, and Crystal Palace. So we've got four games. So if you compare that to last season, which was one, um, then we're, it's, it's moving in the right direction. And obviously we're constantly in talks to try and make it our home because I think it, it's doable. And, and I think something that, that would definitely benefit um, how that would look, obviously, in reality, is is uh, up for obviously discussion. But no, I, the, the club have been very supportive, and, and four games out of the season is 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 fantastic for the girls to play at that stadium. Excellent. Well, Karen, thanks for joining us on on Charlton Live. All the best for for Sunday's game against Durham. Hopefully, a re- repeat of uh, the result at the end of last year, uh, and all the best for the rest of the season as well. Thank you very much for having me. Have a nice evening. Bye bye. Cheers. So there we go. That's Karen Hills, the manager of the Charlton Athletic women's side. They're at home uh, at the Valley uh, on Sunday against Durham. Right now, let's turn our attention back to Saturday's trip uh, up to Portman Road to take on Ipswich Town. We've got another guest here. They're queuing up like uh, London buses. Uh, Matt Phillips here from the Talking Town podcast is going to tell us all about the Tractor Boys. How you doing, Matt? How's it going? I'm good, thanks. That's a tough act to follow, Karen. It's got it all going (laughs) on at Charlton Women. All good. Yeah, is that? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I bet you haven't managed any teams, have you? So, yeah, a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a letdown having you on after this. But um... Yeah, only digitally have I managed teams. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, there we go. That, that, that'll do, that'll do. Um, your, your boys are having a good season, dare I say. Obviously, we're going to try and put that right on, on Saturday. But, I mean, you, considering how tight it is in, in the title race or in the promotion race, I, I don't know how you feel going into a game against this. Are you thinking, right, we, we're on a great run? Was it finally dropped points the other day, but before that had pretty much won yeah. everything? Uh, or are you yeah. thinking uh, uh, the nerves are starting to get to us now? Mm, well, I'm glad you haven't mentioned the 4-4. We've agreed to gloss over that one, haven't we? For this, for this, that's that's for this question show. number but... two. Don't worry, that's coming up. All right, I thought it might be coming. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got over it just. Um, yeah, well, look, listen, since about mid-February, we've had a really good season. After we'd lost, well, after we drew, it felt like a loss, after we'd drawn with you guys 4-4 at the Valley, 
we went into a bit of a dip. I think we got something like four wins out of 15. People resembling myself were wondering whether or not McKenna was really the guy for Ipswich Town. We spent like a shed load of money, gone down the table. But we were really fortunate to have like a run of games where we played like relegation threatened sides. I think, you know, we've had we've had eight wins on the trot, nine clean sheets. Um, and we were playing the likes of Forest Green and sandwiched in between there was Derby and Bolton, where we put in some really good away performances. And we've changed up our style of play a little bit in that when we when we came to the Valley, we were very much just possession based. And, you know, it, it was it was not out of the ordinary to see close to 600 passes. Stat padding, we call it on Talking Town. <laughs> but we've been much more direct since um, since we played these kind of like your, your Forest Greens and those kind of sites and Burton Albion. Um, we kind of put them to the sword a little bit and we've been more counter-attacking as well. And of course, our last home game was against Wickham. We were trying to get into the playoffs themselves and we, we beat them 4-0. So we're quite formidable at home. Came a little bit unstuck on, uh, what day was it even? Saturday? <laughs> I can't remember. Monday, <laughs> no one knows these days. Uh. Yeah, at Cheltenham. We, we never do very well at Cheltenham. We played them four times. We've yet to beat them. Um, and again, we got, it was it was quite windy. We got caught into possession a little bit. We let in a late goal. It was an error from Christian Moulton, who's been obviously, it's hard to, to be critical when you've had nine clean sheets, but he did, he, he made a mistake. But yeah, everyone's, you know, it's going to be a full house there um, for Saturday and most of these fans are thinking we're going to sweep you aside. But I mean, look, who knows? Who knows? We thought we might do that to Cheltenham. It didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know what made you think you're going to sweep us aside, you know, given the fact that you did that last season, I guess, as well. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, uh, before... it was the season, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, before Lewis jumps in with a question, actually, a couple of people have brought up the 4-4. I'm, I'm sorry, I know I agreed not to, but we have, and we and we will. Uh, Dan, so, I, so I, you, you might not have even seen this, Matt, but after the game, at Charlton, if we win a game, we tend to do a, a, what we call a tunnel jump, where a, okay. a player goes into the tunnel, comes out running and jumps, and everyone cheers. Don't ask me why we do that. We've been doing it for years. But, um, yeah, oh, so yeah. If, if we win, your fans were really upset that we did that after the draw at the Valley. But you must admit, that that did feel like a win for us. You already described it as a defeat. So, uh, yeah. would you mind if we do yeah. that? If we if we, if we we get a nil-nil at Portman Road, can we do that on, on Saturday? Is that yeah, right? feel, feel free. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, listen, I, that was the game where Ben Garner went crazy down the touchline, wasn't it, when he got red carded? <laughs> Yeah, 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 we uh, we read, read cards in from the club since then, so don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, he's at Colchester now, isn't he? Is that where he is now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was a that was a terrible day for us. I mean that <laughs> that game. <laughs> what was a great moment for you? Still, that game still casts your badge. Your club badge is still a huge shadow across our season. We mention it, I would say, weekly on Talking Town, and like I say, it was we were we were absolutely flying top of the table. And then, what was it, two goals in, what, less than 60 seconds? Something crazy like that. Mm. And that did kind of start a little bit of a dip after that. I think we drew with Cheltenham 1-1 at Pullman Road right after that game. And like I said, we went into a, a run of really bad form, really. Had, had we just kept up our form, which we should have done with the potential we've got and all the players we've got, um, we should be promoted now. But as it is, we're, we're sat in third. And it's been the story of our season, really. We've drawn with, like, Fleetwood. You know, we've, we've dropped the points with you. We lost to Lincoln at home. Um, Cheltenham draw, I said earlier, nearly three away at Portsmouth. We've had lots of draws, 13 draws this season, which is why we're sitting in third and not top of the table. But the, the it, I, we was all kind of resigned to the fact it was going to be playoffs until this run of eight games came along and it's, it's got us back in the picture. Yeah, hi, Matt. So, hi, obviously, now, 
now that you're you're up and you've had the run that you have and you're you're sitting just outside that top two, um, you've got a game in hand over Sheffield Wednesday. Given that you've shown that you are capable of conceding four goals to teams like Charlton, <laughs> how do you do you think that you've you've got the the squad depth and sort of that that stability to get through the, the remaining six games and really push for the autos? Because it's been so you've been down in League One for quite for a couple of seasons now. Um, probably on, been Matt. fancied as yeah, probably been fancied as early favourites um, at the start of yeah, most yeah, seasons yeah. And, yeah. and sort of faded away. Does it feel a bit a bit different this season now that McKenna's maybe had a whole season, despite the little blip in the middle? Um, do you, do you feel like this could be could be Ipswich's season now? It does feel like that. I mean, look, had we held on to the one 0 at Cheltenham, um, the weekend or whenever it was, uh, Monday, um, we were we were actually top of the table. We were top of the live table, and then we we dipped down. I mean, who who could have foreseen Lincoln winning at Plymouth? You know, they've got. They've had a lot of injuries come along. Cooper, they lost Whitaker. That Barley Mumba, I think, is it out for the season now. So uh, there's a feeling there amongst town fans that they're kind of, you know, regenerating back into this kind of mid-table team that we all thought they probably were. I mean, look, fair play to Schumacher. I think he's done really well there this season. Part of me wants them to get promoted, really. I mean, they've done so well right up until the 40th game or whatever it might be. But... Um, yeah, like I say, Lewis, we were like kind of resigned to the playoffs after we'd gone through that bit of a dip, but the eight games has got us back into it. Um, and McKenna has changed it up slightly in that we were doing this possession-based game. And now you're, if you watch the highlights back of us at Derby and Bolton, you'd see a much more uh, sort of counter-attack football. I mean, there was one goal, I, I think it was in the Derby game, where from Walton, our goalkeeper, to the ball in the back of the net was 11 seconds which is very un <laughs> in the in the first half of the season, you know. But, yeah, we've really put teams to the sword at Portman Road, um, in the you know, since the turn of the year. Um, you know, we've not char- I don't know what Charlton are going to do. You're going to, because you're in a funny place, really, aren't you? You, you? you can't go down, you can't go up. So, is it damage limitation? We put men behind the ball. That's what Wickham tried to do. And then once we, we got that first goal, then it was kind of like the floodgates open. But you're just going to roll over for us, aren't you? You want to see the back of it, surely? <laughs> probably, probably. Right, Matt. No, I don't think we will, but I, I, I remain to be proven please, wrong. I've just got one, one, last, one last question for you, Matt. It comes from Dan. says, uh, what would you think of Penny? Oh, my uh, God. We've got Penny on loan from you guys. Just just curious as to, as to what you've made of him uh, in his time at Portman Road. Not for me. As the cr- I see the crunch has been coming up here. My colleague on Talking Town, he always says, not for me. Yeah, funny player. Is it? He's got a little bit of a cult fan base. Shout out Lewis, who comes on our show. He's ordinary, man. I mean, that's the reason why he went some other well. Now he's <laughs> now he's with you guys. I mean, we've got at left back. We've got Leif Davis, who we got from Leeds for you know a million and a bit, probably going up to two if we get promoted. Eleven assists, been taking our corners, been fantastic for us. I mean, deputising for him is um, Greg Lee, who I think was at Morecambe, but Aberdeen previous to that. And he's like a man mountain. So we're well stocked now on for the for the left side. Penny, I mean, I, I, I don't I like his attitude, Penny. I mean, if you speak, we've had Connor Chaplin on our show. You need to watch out for him, by the way. 19 goals in League One. And he said there was no better crosser of the ball at Pullman Road than, than him. And I think he's got a good attitude. When he was at Sheffield Wednesday, he went on loan to St. Pauli in Germany. And I, that, I think, you know, if you're a young player, talk about going out of your comfort zone to try and improve yourself. So mm. I thought that, so I think he's got a very good attitude and he's gone to Motherwell and then gone to you guys. But maybe just the talent level isn't quite what McKenna's looking for. I would say he's probably a League One player, Max, 
for me. Yeah, well, if, if, if he was the best crosser of the ball at your club, I'm guessing you don't score a lot from crosses. Right, Um, let's leave we it there. Now. Uh, yeah, yeah, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, no as always, best of, best of luck after Saturday. Um, selfishly, hope you stay down because there's not many teams local to us in League One, so it's a much, much easier away day. But yeah, obviously, best of luck. Obviously, you're a massive club. And, Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Thanks for joining us. That Matt, That's right. Matt there from uh, the Talking Town. Uh, podcast uh, looking ahead to Saturday now let's look ahead to it uh, from a Trollton point of view again Dean Holden was asked to look ahead to the game uh, with Ipswich Town week coming up so the squad as they were as already have been uh, will be tested again we're in the hunt for a top 10 finish but um, we're also in that sort of are we in that no risk situation uh, especially in terms of the players in terms of chasing uh, we're giving squad members a rest with that in mind being as we're uh, Yes, a top 10 finish would be great uh, and perfect, but um, you don't want to risk long-term injuries. And obviously, Miles is one of the ones I'm thinking of. Uh, Lucas Ness, if he does come back. You mentioned Sean Clare, obviously, he's been out injured as well. Is, are we in that scenario? I think on an individual basis, Miles is different. He's, he's a young player. We've talked about it's his first season in men's football. He's, he's had some niggles throughout the season. He's not trained this week, so we'll be guided by, by how he's feeling tomorrow. Sean, the same. Sean's not trained either. Yeah, Nessie's Nessie's still a, a long distance off from coming back training with the first team. So, um, other than that, there's 15 points available. Um, with a brilliant game away at Whipswich in, in in the next one, which is the only one we're focusing on. And Ipswich are a team. If you look at them, they've, they've scored goals consistently throughout the season. Um, and to be fair to them, they've built a squad capable to to challenge at the top. And even in January, if you look, they were they were flying high uh, in terms of position in the league. And then they went and recruited some players and four of which have come in and actually started playing since January onwards. So even when they were near the top, they were looking to go again. So shows you the type of challenge that we've got in front of us. But you know, 30,000 inside Portman Road with a good away following is a, is, a, is a fantastic occasion for our players to go and play in at this stage of the season. Plenty on it for us. We want to continue this recent good run of form, you know, despite the, the little slip-up we had at Bristol Rovers on Good Friday. We've responded well, which is important. And overall, we're in a good moment. So we want to continue that. Yeah, just touch on Ipswich Portman Road Saturday. I'm, on paper, it's certainly our highest, our biggest test in the running, uh, without doubt, in the remaining matches. Only four league defeats all season, Ipswich, and they are the league's highest goal scorers as well. So um, they're looking for automatic promotion, but they've drawn quite a few, uh, notably the one at the Valley, uh, where we uh, spectacularly came back to draw four all. Um, so, yes, it's a very tough one, but we have played well against them in the past, uh, which should give the side uh, and the travelling fans uh, some cause for hope. Yeah, I think recent performances have shown that that we can we, we can be a good team. We've talked about consistency right throughout the season. We've started to find that a little bit more in recent weeks and, and with five games in front of us that, that's the aim now. It's it's to go to Portman Road with our chest out, you know, believing that we can win. And the players will will, will do that. We've done that in recent weeks. We're not scared of anybody. You know, we have to respect totally what Ipswich have done this season. And Kieran McKenna in his first job has done a fantastic um job up to now, aided by his staff. And uh, as you say, they've got players that, that course and distance in this in this division and higher. So, yeah, it's a good test for us, particularly for our youngsters, as I say. So we, we know where their strengths are. They're, they're a very, very good team. I mean, Chaplin plays just off the front, has got a number of goals this season. Ladderpole was on fire and, and all of a sudden they've, they've, they've brought George Hurst in. Um, so it shows you, as I say, the strength that they've got in depth. Um, so for us, a fantastic challenge. Really big, really big occasion. I'm looking forward to it. There we go. That's Dino looking ahead to the trip to Palmer Road then to face Ipswich on Saturday. I mean, as Matt was saying, I, I don't know if it's just like 
we sit there and talk to these fans of teams who are literally in the top three with a game in hand, and he still sounded a bit miserable. Like he was sort of implying that they haven't been great all season. Like you're you're right up there, and they have got some big players. I mean, Anthony's pointed out in, in the chat, Chaplin is a good player. Payne's kind of the same if he was anywhere about the valley. Um, Dan saying that we're probably going to get caught out with with Terrell Thomas at left back with with Davis and Chaplin. Uh, I run out of milk saying Thomas is better than Prime Roberto Carlos Powell. So obviously some uh, some some views there in the um in in, in the chat. But I mean, Terrell, I mean Terrell Thomas has done quite well at, le- at left back to be fair, Tash. But I mean, it, it is it's, there's a different story doing quite well over the last few weeks against your your Morecams and your Cambridges, and then then you go to an Ipswich side that are unbeaten in 13, and I think had won eight in a row prior to their last game as well. So I mean, this is this is going to be a real test. I think when when we played Ipswich on the last day of last season. I remember speaking to, to Johnny Jackson, if any of you remember him, and, and he was saying, um, you know, I said to him, is this an indication of the gap of how far behind Charlton are from sides that will actually challenge next season? Uh, well, that's been proven right as well. And, and that will make this Saturday even more interesting because if it's the same, we could argue that we've made no progress this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I look at Thomas and Hector, and I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've been very impressed with with them too. But again, I'm like, is that skewed because of the opposition we've had in recent weeks? If they can, you know, <laughs> minimise the amount of goals that to score against us on Saturday, then then great. I think, you know, that's brilliant, but maybe that's the test that, that, that we need to see. But yeah, 100%. I think, like, you know, if Ipswich could beat us 4-0 last season when both teams are on the beach, then God knows what they'll do on Saturday um, when they actually need need the points to go up. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, I think it sums up where we are as a club, if, that we're going into the same fixture around the same time of year, thinking the exact same thing being like, okay, the damage limitation here, there's not much to play for for us. Whereas Ipswich, on the other hand, have done the complete opposite and have recruited well and and, and pushed for promotion. So, yeah, it's it's a bit depressing when you think of it like that. But, yeah, I'd like to think we won't get beaten 4-0 because I think Dean Holden won't accept that. Whereas I, I wouldn't say Johnny Jackson would have accepted that either. But I think the players that we had last season were probably a bit on the beach. But hopefully it won't be the same on Saturday. Yeah, we're hoping that Paul's saying I, it won't be a repeat of last year's 4-0. Uh, but playing for pride against playing for automatic, there's only going to be one winner. I, I, I'm, I, again, as, as I often do going into games with this, I'm trying to sort of envisage how, how we can get something from this game um, and try and equate it to what, what performance have we had recently that would be the same performance we would need to do down at Ipswich. And I, I just can't remember taking it a decent result against the top six side who needed it. You know, we've gone to, we've gone to Derby, we've gone to Plymouth, um, Bolton at home recently. They're, they're all games against sides who were playing for something and were much better than us. And they've turned up on the day and we've we've struggled to sort of go toe-to-toe with them. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, I can't see it happening this Saturday, but you never know with us. I guess that's the only thing you can say. Over the last few weeks, every now and then, we, we, we put in a display out of nowhere. It just doesn't tend to be against the good teams. Yeah, you, you never know, do you? Like, as we we can take it either way, they'll be playing for something, um, and we're not. But also the fact that they are playing for something will that put the pressure on? Where we're, you know, we've got nothing to play for. Will we be playing a little bit more freely and and performing well and and, and give things a good go? I imagine we will. I, I can't see us getting humbled like we did last time. Um, I, I just don't think we we have the same 
attitude now. I think I think that there'll be a it'll be a better you know improved performance. I I can't see I can't see us winning it as much as that sounds quite defeatist. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did go there and pinch a draw just be, just to sort of tighten that promotion race a bit and make it a little bit more nervy in those last few games. And I think that would be an unbelievable result. But I think all we can do is is go there and, and just try and play the way we play. I think the expectations are low. It's going to be, you know, as Matt said, it's a full at Portman Road on Saturday. So it's going to be one hell of an atmosphere. Um, we might thrive off of that. You never know. Um, we've got to go into it with a little bit of belief that, that we're going to, you know, do ourselves some justice and, and come out of it with something. But um, it's it's going to be a tough one. It'll be a tough one. They've got a lot of players and, and they're playing, you know, they play nice football and the, the squad depth that they've got is envious to, to many other clubs mm-hmm. in the division, not just us. So it's going to be a tough ask, but we've got to go there and just, just play the way we are at the moment, be positive and see what happens. Yeah, well, just uh, this final point then for the show. This is a great comment from Sam. It says, I just wanted to ask a question. Uh, has the EFL changed the referee for Saturday with Ipswich asking for the change? Now, Stuart Watson, uh, one of the reporters up there for the uh, uh, one of the local papers, East Anglian uh, Daily Times, reporting earlier today. Oh, so, so funny. So James Bell, uh, the referee on, on Saturday, is apparently has admitted that he is a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, down the line, he admitted it to a different manager and the Ipswich fans have picked that out. And now, obviously, with Sheffield Wednesday, one of the sides also vying for promotion, they've had a massive like hissy fit about this because this geese is obviously going to award us all three points, you know, four or five penalties. I imagine like sent, sending off for, for Connor Chaplin just for walking out the tunnel incorrectly. I mean, it's, it's all surely going to go our way. I mean, are, are they overreacting Tash? Are they acting a little bit like babies? Are they implying that the referee can't be trusted to do his job because you can't trust the referees at this level anyway. doesn't matter who they support. No, and you can't trust the referees in the Premier League either. So, but I I suppose there's two sides of the coin, isn't there? I suppose as a referee, the likelihood is you like football, so you're going to support a football team. And I suppose you can't always avoid these overlaps. But having said that, if it was Trollman in the promotion race and, you know, Sheffield Wednesday were up there and they'd appointed a referee that sports Sheffield Wednesday, I don't think we'd be very impressed by it. Um, But, you know, it's difficult because... The ref, you know, is obviously aware of this as well. So is he going to be overthinking every decision that he gives? And all the fans are going to be thinking anything that goes our way is because he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. It's it's a difficult one. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate that he's outed himself as a as a Wednesday fan. Otherwise, no one really would have thought anything of it. But we'll see. As he said, if we get three penalties, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What we should do is we should send the referee out in a Charlton shirt, and then he'll be so confused, so so wary of not giving Charlton decisions, but then he doesn't want to be seen to be giving Ipswich decisions because of that. He'll, his head will explode. We'll, we'll get a favourable penalty and we'll win the game. As Luke says, uh, we've got an inform McCauley ball and I, fr- I fancy this uh, to absolutely fresh them. Right, we've run out of time uh, on this week's Charlton Live the Big Match Preview. Absolutely flown by. Thanks to Karen Hills, uh, the w- manager of the women's team who joined us, and Matt as well from Talking Town. Uh, thanks to Lewis and to Tash as well. Good to see the pair of you. Cheers, both. Cheers, guys. An absolute pleasure. My name is Louis Mendes, and thanks for listening. Don't forget that the Player of the Year uh, dinner tickets are available. Uh, have a look at the club website for that. Jeans asked me to mention that there's a dinner coming up the night after the home game against Port Vale. We'll be there doing a, a live chat. Well, not a live show, but we'll be there doing a podcast as well. So hopefully we'll see some of you there. And we'll be back as well on Sunday uh, to look back at our refreshing of Ipswich Town. Uh, four goals scored by the referee. Really looking forward to that. We'll see you guys then. See you later. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.